0: What if you could learn how to root yourself in God's truth for your motherhood? What if you could become confident in Christ as you lived out every day of your motherhood? Interacting with your kids, praying about what new stages you're coming into with different children, having a gospel perspective, not just for your own life, but even seeing how God is working in your kids' lives. So often we feel unbalanced, defeated, and exhausted. Because we do not have our mind anchored in what God says. We have our mind anchored in the fact that we need to know the right thing or we need to do the right thing. I want to invite you to join me in a course. It's a six-week course, and we are going to be talking about resetting your mind when your motherhood seems hard so that in every day moving forward, you can be anchored in the one who has all the answers, and you can be confident, and you can be at rest Come and join me. The link is down in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I'm glad you're here. This is the third uh, week that we're working through the idea of going back to the basics of the gospel. And before you say, "Mm, maybe I'm not interested in this one, I want you to pause and I want to talk with you today about oftentimes what are some misconceptions when people hear the word, the gospel, especially people who have been in church for a while. And so we're going to be looking today at grace. So what we've talked about so far is we've talked about that God's peace pursues us and His kindness is for us. And then we we talked about last week that His mercy meets our mistakes. And these are important, massive truths in motherhood, but the reality is they're just massive truths for our lives. Motherhood is just kind of like a, a highlighter that strokes over a place in our heart and our walk and relationships and goes, look at this. And then we begin to learn how to apply Jesus there. And that's what we're talking about over these weeks is the Lord has just pressed on me that I can't help y'all understand how the gospel makes sense in the middle of tying little people's shoes or changing a diaper or rocking a baby or pleading with a teenager to walk with God. I can't help you there if we don't have this common language of what the gospel is for our very selves. Because anything less than the the very essence of the gospel is an empty shell, and our kids will see it. They will see the emptiness of it. And I have news for you. The gospel is not empty It is rich. It is powerful. It is the very thing that will be the mainstay of your soul. Next week, we're going to talk about the fact that the gospel is the source of joy that will make you so different from the world. But for this week, we are going to sit inside of the idea that grace, grace is given to us. And what does that mean? You see, for many women that I sit across a table from, and I usually I love to open up a time when the two when two of us sit down and say, "Tell me what the gospel means to you." Mainly because I can get a lot from that one question. I can see a lot of what they think. I can hear a lot of their heart, and um, it helps. So for a minute before going any further, I just want to ask you to sit and go. What does the gospel mean? Maybe you've been listening to the other uh, messages in this series already. And so you're like, oh, well, yeah, I got it, Bethany, because I I get the fact that it's like kindness beyond kindness. It's mercy for anything. But I really want you to think for a second, because for many of us, me included, when I heard the word gospel, I thought back to that moment that I was saved. And I was like, the gospel was for that moment what it was for Jesus died to set me free from sin and death to give me an eternity to be my savior to be my source for my prayers he gave me his word to show me how to walk that's the gospel and that is true that is true but that is, that is very um, shallow. And, and the reason I do not say that as some uh, like criticism or condemnation, because I think that for most of us, and today probably is the day that I am the most fearful that I will not handle the word well for you. And I have been praying that God would give me just the right way to speak this into your heart as you do laundry or walk in your neighborhood or whatever you're also doing. But I want you to understand that the gospel is rich and it is powerful and it is life. It is life-giving. It is life-altering because the gospel is Jesus himself. It is not a moment in time. It is timeless. It is for eternity. And we only get the tastings of it now because for all of eternity, we will understand all of it, all that he has done. And grace is in this center space. That's why I've put it here in the center of all these little things in this back to the basics. But we need to understand what grace is, and it was. What does it mean when I say grace is given? So, what? Let's first start with the definition of grace, and then I'm going to tell you a story. So, the definition of grace a lot of people will say it's unmerited favor. And that's true. It is. And we can see that in scripture over and over that the grace of God has been given to us to justify us is what the word of God says. And what that means, if this is all new to you, this language is new, what that means is God's outlook. In, the, in this gospel story, his outlook, his heartbeat for you is to treat you better than you deserve. That's unmerited favor. Somebody treating you better than what your actions deserve. And what God does is he says, because my son, my blameless, perfect son died on the cross with your sins on him. And you recognize that and you he says, then I impart to you justification, meaning I impart righteousness to you. I justify you. Before that, you were lost in your sin and you were dead. And you had no opportunity for a relationship because you were covered up in sin. And what Christ's death on the cross does is it says, you are justified. Your sin is gone. It is removed from you. And instead, with grace, we are clothed with Christ. And these are scriptures that I'm pulling this truth from. Scripture says that. In fact, let's look at Romans 5 really quick, and I'll read it to you just to set it somewhere for you. But there are many scriptures about this. And I just want to tell you that We are having a course right now called resetting your mind when motherhood seems hard, where we are digging into the word together because you have to know where it says this in the Bible, because the enemy is going to bang on your head about this in about three hours when you walk away from listening to this podcast and say, maybe not for you. Maybe there's not enough grace for you. And I need you to anchor it in the word. And the best place, the thing I can encourage you the most is get in that journey, get on that six week journey with us and put this down. This is just one out of days that we talk about grace. So I'm trying to do it fast, but do it well for you. But in Romans 5, it says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm going to skip down a little bit. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, that's us, dead in sin, lost, Christ died for us. That's his actions that he did apart from us. So this is this picture of grace, unmerited favor. You do nothing, and Christ still says, yes, I'll do it. He died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. See, when you're lost and dead in your sin, the only thing waiting for you is wrath from God. God clearly sets that up. It is what you receive. Except for grace. And Jesus saying, I, I will die for them. So it says, for if while we were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And then we're going to skip a little bit. We're going to go down to verse 15. It says, but the free gift is not like the trespass. Free gift is Jesus. For if many died through one man's trespass, meaning this is what Paul's just talked about. He said, you know, Adam basically set this in motion when he, when he sinned. And so this is where now all mankind is a sinner. And so he says, well, if many died because of one man's trespass, right? Because that's what we get. We get death. We get God's wrath. Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. It's not like Adam's. This free gift, this free gift is different. This brings justification, It says, for if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned, that's what happened because of Adam, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, so that is this first part of the concept. This is where most people go, yes, the gospel was when I was saved. They recognize this. Yes, I had to move from death to life. Jesus did that on the cross. That is the grace given to me. But sometimes we disconnect then the rest of our life from that. And we then believe that now the rest of my life is the um, that was like just this one moment. And the rest of my life is still to come for me to do. What I want you to understand is that there's another part of grace. And the other part of grace is God's actions continuously. So he, he died and you were justified. So that's a done. But you are being sanctified, which means being changed, being made more like Jesus And this action here, this is what changes your life in the day to day. This is the grace that flows freely in us to flow freely through us. And we see this in passages like 2 Corinthians 9, 8, where it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things At all times, you may abound in every good work. But see, if you don't understand this secondary or this other definition of grace, sometimes you read that and you're like, oh, crud, that's not me. I can't do it. I'm messing this up. I, I, I can't, I'm not living this good life I'm supposed to live. But God's like, no, 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 no. This is my unmerited favor and I want to pour it out on you. I want to pour this in you so that it will flow freely through you. We also see it in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And this is one we, oh my goodness, we love to quote this, and I think we quote it without understanding it. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, grace, it does justify us. It does. That means it declares us righteous. It declares us different. But it also sanctifies us. And one day, it will glorify us. Meaning one day, when we are with him in glory, we will be completely changed. So then, grace initiates relationship with God for us. That's that justification part. But grace also completes relationship with God for us. This is this part where even in my weakness, I can rejoice not because I'm weak, but because God, his grace is just flowing like a current through those spaces in my life, just working more and more in those areas. But the thing that sometimes and has tripped me up is that I have made grace a thing. I have made grace an item. And grace is really Jesus Christ. You see, when when grace is an item or a thing, then it's easy for me to believe the lie, the enemy has for me. You know, I can begin to believe that I used it up. Like I keep struggling in the same area. One area for me was just impatience. I mean, just I, especially as an early young mom, I was super overtired. Super overworked with my kids um, and just uh, struggled with being patient and being kind. You know, if it was um, too many times of somebody being a certain way, then instead of me for the fourth time, fifth time being kind about the correction, I was not. I was not kind. I would fuss. I would just, I wasn't kind. And I wanted to be. Oh, I wanted to be. I would pray. I would repent. I would ask the Lord. But always the enemy would whisper, "Mm, not enough grace for that. You keep tripping in that same hole. Why do you keep doing that? You, You just, you can't. You know, you need to clean that up before you ask God to help you in that. Now, now you've done too many messes, too many miscues, too many short tempered fusses at the kids. And I believe, I began to believe that. I was like, yeah, this is getting embarrassing. It's getting terrible. And then, actually, in a conversation with my husband, he said something that just made it all where the Holy Spirit said and made it all kind of fall into place, the truth about grace. So I want to say what exactly what Troy said. He was actually sharing about his own spiritual walk and that he was wrestling with tripping into the same thing over and over and feeling, you know, oh, here I am back in the same sin cycle, back in the same, spinning the same wheel. And he said to me, he said, but then... I was praying about it. And he said, Bethany, God basically said, Troy, when were you ever not a sinner? You see, when we believe that grace was for that one moment of salvation and now we must be good, we shortchange grace. We make it for a moment. But God's outlook about grace is it's not just that moment. It is a commitment for a lifetime. But when I make grace a thing, meaning it is an item and that is exchanged, then there, there are boundaries to it. But when I understand that grace is in the essence of who Jesus is, He is our grace. In fact, we can see that in Paul's writings. He says the grace that is Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when we understand that grace is Jesus himself given, there is no end because it is the wholeness of him. And so Jesus began to do this work in my heart. And he began to say to me, I have known from the beginning that you are a sinner I know that you are but dust I know this and I am at work in you to move you and change you so then what is my role because you know then we go well I mean Bethany now you're treading on thin ice then you can just keep on doing it because we have grace of Jesus but the truth is, is is conveyed in this passage in 2 Corinthians where it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul's not boasting like, oh man, I'm just so terrible. But he is surrendering that weakness consistently knowing that God meets him through Jesus Christ with full grace given and change results because grace not only justifies but grace sanctifies it begins to change us over time and so for my story it became this place where god said if you know sat with him i said okay well then then if if you've always known that i'm impatient and i have a short fuse then God, that is part of the commitment of the cross for me. That you would change me in that. So God, I'm needing you to change me in this by your grace. And we began to anchor scriptures down for me personally. About my thought life, about anger, about my tongue, about kindness, understanding that all of that is a cross-centered, Jesus-holy-given changing. You see, grace has the power over sin that nothing has because grace is Jesus and he has ultimate, full authority over sin. And he has declared victory over it. And he is at work in you and me. And our motherhood will highlight our sin like no other experience I've experienced. I can cover up my sin with my friends really easily. And I can look really good for them. And I can kind of keep it covered with my husband a lot of the time. But for me, the consistency of being around my kids is fertile ground for sin to be seen. But this is where the grace steps in and makes movement and begins to change us and not layer the do's and don'ts of you shall be kind to your kid and you shall not yell at your child and you shall not. That's not what this is. So we talk about the fact when we're talking to our kids in gospel conversation about helping them identify what is down at the root versus what the symptom, the behavior is. So the behavior made us bring them into some kind of a discipline conversation. But that's not what really is at the root of their heart and what they're believing. And the same is true for you and for me. So when God began to do work with me, and say, when were you ever not a sinner, Bethany? And yet I'm committed to you, committed to the end. I went to the cross for you and I'm, I am committed to you for eternity. Then we could begin to go, so what lies beneath that I am believing that bubbles out as frustration and irritation and short temperedness? What is that? What's down there? Because that's where grace is applied. That's where change happens. It takes the word and it begins to kill, to destroy, to demolish those strongholds. But it comes through grace. And you know, for, for us, as we walk in motherhood, you cannot impart what you do not have. You cannot speak over your child if you are operating in a land of performance. So you cannot speak grace over your child if you believe that there's a limit to it or you believe it's not for certain things or you've not understood that it is for eternity part of your story with Jesus because it is Jesus. One of my favorite passages of scripture that I want to finish this one on is in Titus. And to me, it brings you the fullness of the gospel all laid out in um, simplicity. I love it. So I'm going to read it. It's Titus 3, 4 through 7. My encouragement is memorize it. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God Our Savior appeared. So, first of all, I want you to understand grace is the loving kindness that is Jesus. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh, my friend, my heart in these weeks for you is that you will begin to just taste the ongoing goodness Of the gospel story for you. His grace is given to you completely. Poured out on you richly. Not because of any works that you do in righteousness. So that you could be justified by his grace and become an heir. I encourage you. If I can encourage you, I I just plead with you to consider joining us on the six-week journey to understand these truths in a way that it becomes your constant filter. Like every day you get up and you see your world through peace, through mercy, through grace. Next week we're going to talk about joy. And then the last week we're going to talk about purpose. Like what are we about? But my goodness, Jesus is your gospel grace, and he holds you fast, and he walks you through your days. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.